Hello, welcome back to the Howler Podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Mary. And we are on episode six. Woo-woo! <laughs> I, always, I always leave like that space for clapping, but then it's just me and you. So it's like, what's the pause for? I don't know. Um, but it is now February. And if you listen to our episode last month, with our CEO, Nick Schneider, we started the episode talking about our potential New Year's resolutions, and we promised we'd check in and we keep our promises. So Mary, do you want to kick us off? How is, how's February feeling? You're a month in to your resolution. Well, okay. In our defense, this, you listeners will be hearing this in February, so we'll be further along, but you know, we are only 11 days in. Yeah, people are being transparent here. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, I will say, I, I'm not one of those people that I feel like I failed because we're day 11 and I still haven't solidified the actual goals yet. So I will be honest Mm -hmm. that we're still in the formulation evaluation stage, but I do have one. Um, It's a theme and it's tied to a real thing, but we're getting off the sidelines in 2024. Ooh. Anybody else is feeling like there's like fear around something and you just need a buddy and like just going for it. I'm your buddy. We're doing it. So I, I had put myself on a leave of absence. I started my MBA right when I started at the pack. And let me tell you, that was not the time (laughs) for that. (laughs) We were 500 employees adding 40, 60, 80, 100, 120 people at a time to the mm-hmm. pack every two weeks. We were completely virtual. We were expanding, acquiring, opening offices. It was a wild time to be embarking on an MBA journey. And I think for the last couple of years now, I've been just waiting for the right time and nervous about mm-hmm. starting again. And also it's a huge investment of time and money. So mm-hmm. I... I think I was holding myself in a fear pattern of like, is this the right thing? Um, but instead of worrying, like I did all the work to get in. I know that it aligns with my career goals and will enhance my ability to work well within HR and, and my career goals. So instead of waiting for perfection or hoping mm-hmm. that the future is put in front of me before I make a decision, we're going to make the next right step. Yes. Just, uh, we're officially off the leave of absence. So the next okay. one will be rolling classes. Yay, that's so exciting. And I love the mantra or phrase, whatever you want to call it, of like getting off the sidelines. Wait, that's what you said, right? That's what I said, yeah. We're getting in the game. In getting the in the game. Okay, I love that. person, which is hilarious. <laughs> I know. Analogies. Okay, what about you, Chelsea? Okay, um, I think I shared last episode, not necessarily like a resolutions gal. I do sometimes set goals, but I do always um, set intentions or words and then a mantra for the year. So I'm not going to share my words, but I will share my mantra, which is um, the life that you want for yourself is on the other side of this moment. And this, I feel like, could... This is just something that you can repeat to yourself often, like whether it's as simple as like you're in a workout and you really want to give up. It's like, no, the like healthy version of myself that I want. I just have to hold this plank 20 seconds longer. Like you just have to get through this moment or the moment of like you don't want to work out or you don't want to go to sleep, even though you know that you need to, to get more sleep to 
have a better day tomorrow. But I also feel like um, I'm also kind of taking it in a sense of like, I'm an Aries. My Zodiac sign is an Aries. I'm fiery. You could say we're, um, we're fiery. We're impatient. We are, some say temperamental. So even when I think about like the person that I want to be, which is, which is who I know I am, like kind and thoughtful and a good friend. It's like, could I just take a moment and pause and take a deep breath, like before I'm reacting to something or before I'm making a decision? So that's why my mantra is the life that you want for yourself is on the other side of this moment. You just have to make it through that moment. I love that so much. I feel like you live that well already. So I'm excited to see what the added focus on will bring about in your life. Yes. Thank you. And I just want to let the record show that or state that you are so kind, so thoughtful, (laughs) such a great peer colleague, good person to the people around you. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And fiery in the best ways. Well, that's what I think, but you know, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. There's definitely areas of improvement and I definitely am not patient. So I I could take a moment every once in a while, you know, like calm down a little bit. Um, We have room to grow. Yeah, we all have room to grow. Okay. I love that. So we are getting in the game. We're focusing on the life that we want for ourselves. If you're a PAC member and you feel comfortable, head to the Howler Slack channel share your mantra or resolution or words for the year. Just would love to have conversation around this if you feel comfortable doing so. Yeah. And like, even if you're not a New Year's resolution person, reflecting on Nick's, if you haven't listened to our CEO's podcast, which is episode five, it was just such a great reminder of regardless of if you're a resolution person or not, there is so much power in having Mm -hmm. a plan, executing against it and tweaking it as you go to ensure success. So Words from a CEO there. Okay, but speaking of fiery, Chelsea. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get ready. Get ready, everyone, because you are in for a treat this episode. We'll we'll let you. You have to keep listening or watching to see Mm -hmm. what happens. But fiery is the perfect word to describe Mm -hmm. what we're about to enter into. Okay, so we're really excited for y'all to listen to this conversation today, or I should say y'all, because our speaker lives in Texas and we learned is like Texan through and through. Um, But we had the opportunity to sit down with Mark Meglemot. He is our SVP of security services. So he leads our security services team, which we call S2 here on the pack. He is a U.S. Air Force veteran and experienced consultant. His experience is concentrated in enterprise security strategy, APT incident response, adversary hunting tactics, security operations center formation, red teaming, and security analytics. His time in the Air Force of nine years included over five years in the Air Force computer emergency response team, where he was certified as a combat mission-ready crew commander and assistant director of operations to detect real-time cyber response actions across the Department of Defense. It's a great conversation with a very strong cybersecurity leader. Um, Mm -hmm. So we hope you enjoy it. With that, let's get into it. All right, Mark Maglikmat, welcome to the Howler podcast. I'm sorry, there must have been a mistake. I thought this was the Howler ones podcast because I brought my lunch and 
was that I've got a bunch of different hot sauces to eat for lunch today. Wow. I thought this was the how ones. No. I mean, it can be the how ones. This, this is so funny because we've actually talked about doing a hot ones type content, but it seems like this is maybe episode one. I think it's oh my God. Well, and what's actually funny is Mark in preparing for this podcast, Chelsea and I talked about how you are always so thoughtful, so creative and make an effort to make things engaging. And of course you would surprise us with being prepared for hot ones, which I can't wait for this. I'm, okay. so I'm sorry that I, I went to public school. I can barely read or write. I misread <laughs> what this was supposed to be. Also, this is my lunchtime as well. So we're just going to do all of it at once. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. you're talking to other public school graduates, you know. <laughs> okay. So I have a, I have a question. So uh, for each question that we ask you, I'm assuming you're going to try a different hot sauce. Let's do it. Is, do you have something for said hot sauce? Or are you just, are you putting it on anything or are you I, just having? I have a uh, brand chicken nuggets here that I'll put a little on each. Wow, fully prepared. Okay, well, if you are just listening to the audio, I'd maybe recommend you switching over to video so that you can watch Mark eat these live, but totally up to you. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about all the hot sauces on the onset or should with every hot sauce you tell us? I'm assuming you've got some maybe local or even global options here, or maybe even some homemade pack member ones. Unfortunately, they're not homemade pack member. These are from a very famous podcast. Oh, the exact ones from Hot Ones. Okay. The classic hot sauce chili maple. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. He's doing fine. He did give a woo when he ate it. What would you say your tolerance is? We're going to find out, but I would say like um, suburban white boy medium. Probably my tolerance, and we're we're gonna stress that to the max today. We are. I'm honestly kind of nervous, Mark. We got to get all the good content then before we get to like hot sauce five. Yeah. Well, there's ten of them. There's ten. Um, yep. Okay. Great. Wow. Okay. I can already just envision uh, like us asking you a really in-depth question, and you're just crying and having a full-on panic attack because of the hot sauce, but. Well, the tears lend well to the leadership question set, you know, your passion and heart for people <laughs> or mission of ending. Okay, let's start with an easy one then. Um, Mark, we want to know if you're really from Texas. So for those of you that don't know Mark, he works out of our San Antonio office. Would Howdy have been an appropriate way to start this podcast? We couldn't decide if you were Texas. Yeah, I, I was born in Michigan. I spent all of three months there. I don't remember it. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a bunch until uh, he got out to fly the friendly skies, and we ended up in Dallas when I was uh, in preschool and lived in Texas essentially ever since. Uh, went through uh, all the way through high school up in Dallas and then went down to Texas A&M for school and then from there to the Air Force and career things and then over to here. So I've been in Texas the majority of my life. So you are a Texan. Through and through. I, I know I don't quite sound like it, but I can turn on the Texas twang if that's what you want. <laughs> we want you to be your authentic you. If that's twang or no twang, we'll take whatever. Okay, are we ready for hot sauce number two and our okay. real first question for you today? We have Los Calientes Verdes hot sauce. 
Mm, okay. First one came out like really fast. So I have to. Here we go. Well. <laughs> okay. So, Mark, you mentioned that you were in the Air Force, and mm-hmm. we, we know you probably have some really wild stories of your time working in cybersecurity there. We know you have really high security clearance. So we are looking for a Howler podcast exclusive. We got an exclusive from Adam Mare when he was on our episode or when he was on the podcast episode two. So we want to hear a story you haven't told here at Arctic Wolf before. Obviously something you're allowed to tell um, and just something interesting that we can share with the pack here for the first time. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell the story of how I got into cybersecurity in the Air Force, and then we can talk about other operational things as well. So I went to Texas A&M on a uh, ROTC scholarship to be a, a computer engineer and did that for the first semester. And then after the first semester, I was invited by the university to explore other uh, degree plan opportunities. So me and uh, another guy in the ROTC program found this brand new degree called Geographic Information Science, or GIS, which is essentially data on maps. So Google Maps, before that was a thing, think CNN election night when they show all those things, or when you're looking at where uh, floodplains and stuff like that are, that's, that's what I did. And me and he was my roommate, took the same classes, we got the same grades because we you know, collaborated together on projects and stuff like that. And we did this collaboration for like three years. And then the day came, we had to go into the ROTC office and categorize all of our classes so that the Air Force and their infinite wisdom could decide what are you going to be when you grow up. And I knew I wanted to do space, uh, which is actually one to space or missile, but satellite sounded really cool, uh, or intelligence. And then I didn't know what else. You had a five list. And so I put like contracting acquisitions because that sounded like a marketable skill. I had no skills at that. Uh, and so it tur- so I classified all of my classes as computers because that geared me that way. And my roommate who, this is like the one day we didn't collaborate in three years. So this is his mistake, not mine. You'll see in a second. He classified them all as geography. Oh. So to this day, hmm. he is sitting in a hole in the ground in the great north uh, waiting to push a button to launch an intercontinental ballistic missile and now I'm in computers because they decided to put me in the comm, which wasn't on my list, but that comm is what led to being cybersecurity. And so that's actually like the most impactful 15 minutes of my, my life was yeah. when I went in there and clicked computers instead of geography. Wow. One decision and the trajectory it led you on. Yep. Okay. So Mark, you get put on this path because of the button you selected one night in your dorm. Um when did you know you loved this field? Did you have a moment when like some crazy incident happened and you were like, yes, this is it? Uh, so my first like two weeks in the Air Force, I got stationed at Schriever Air Force Base, which uh, controls all of the satellites that the military runs and super lockdown, just like other super controlled facilities. Uh, GPS is run from there, for example, plus other things. And I get to the base and they're like, okay, here's the train of stuff you're going to do. And it's like dot matrix printer maintenance. And I went to my commander. I was like, sir, there has been a horrible mistake. Uh, Like dot matrix is from the 80s and 90s. Like this is not what I want to do. Like he's like, oh, LT, you're silly. There's this new thing called cybersecurity where you defend this stuff. And I was like, that, I want to do that. 
He said, okay, well, there's this certification called the Security Plus. This was on like a Thursday or Friday. He's like, you should go, you know, get the book, take some classes and figure it out. And I was like, okay. So I come back Monday and I got the certification. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. He's like, okay, so, uh, all right, you're, you're really motivated. And I was like, yes. I was like, what's next? He's like, well, there's these other classes you need to go do. Like you could go start working on a master's degree in cybersecurity. I was like, got it. So I went and signed up for that. Worked on a ton of that while I was uh, deployed. I deployed as a uh, as a second lieutenant, which is within your first two years. I was only in the military for a year when I deployed. Typically, officers are in for at least two to three years before they do. But for reasons, I think other people just weren't able to go. They sent me. So I ended up being like the youngest uh, officer on the base. And so became a bit of a mascot. That's where some of the stuff you've talked about creativity started is, you know, my job was to go around and just help the other units do um, laying cables for Patriot batteries or the giant voice warning systems if they're inbound attacks and things like that, uh, help run the classified communications back from the deployed location back to the States. And just really at that point understood more facets of what it takes to make a platform uh, work and just kind of fell in love with the technology side and then just kept learning and going deeper and deeper into the cybersecurity side. Wow. Okay, so interesting. Are we moving on to Spice 3? Okay. Yep. There's also three. All right, here we go. Um, this is Banshee Ranch hot pepper sauce. I'm nervous for you, Mark, based on <laughs> the white boy medium spice. I feel like we're about <laughs> at that point now. We just started. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling? Let's do a check-in. We're doing all right. We're doing okay. All right. Do you have milk nearby? I have iced tea and a bunch of napkins. <laughs> Staying true to his Texan roots, he has iced tea with him. <laughs> um, I just wanted to touch on really quickly what you said about that time in the military and um, jumping around a little bit. But one of our questions was going to be like this energy and passion that you bring mm -hmm. to your role here at Arctic Wolf and your leadership. And I just think about like our company town halls and you're in a full on wolf suit and <laughs> you have streamers and you're doing all these fun things. So you would say that that energy really started in the military. And was that something that you felt like you, like, was that just natural to you or something that you felt like you needed to do? Uh, being a kind of a ham has always been natural to me, but finding <laughs> ways to channel that, probably undiagnosed ADHD-ness into something productive uh, took time. There were plenty of trial and errors of learning through school when it's not appropriate to do that stuff and when you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. And I just found that if you combine those things with celebrating successes of your team, it just shows, you know, it's a one way of demonstrating how proud you are of the group um, and you know, recognizing them. I think here at Arctic Wolf, when our security services team talks to customers, it's not a good day for the customer usually, right? In some cases, it's the worst day of their professional career because there's something wrong going on. And so that's what our team typically deals with. And we get some shout outs from customers and stuff like that. But if they're calling us on something, it's not just to say hi and see how things are going. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I try to infuse lots of celebrating wins and win stories and my own S2 all hands we do monthly into times we get up in front of the company. 
Um, you know, I think as a company, we do a great job of like always trying to improve and grind and get better on things. But I try to make sure we just don't lose sight that we have a super inspiring mission here. Um, it's really easy for me to get up in the morning when I know we're defending grandma and grandpa's retirement plan. We're defending the hospital where there's a bunch of newborn babies at, you know, K through 12. Like that's the people and companies that we defend makes an enormous difference in every country that we, we serve today. Um, so I want to make sure our team doesn't lose sight of that. I mean, I will say in my three years with the pack, I have witnessed you do that. And it's really impressive. You're really aware. I've never seen a leader like you that is so good at like the tactical strategic leading and like very, you seem, I don't know, this balance though, that you have to like really celebrate, um, and be silly and bring out the best in people and always think of unique, everything from even like the S2 recognition program. And I don't know if that was your brainchild, but the Lego bricks and like Chelsea mentioned, the all hands where you show up in a head to toe tie dye sweatsuit with wool graphics on them. And I don't know, you call those glasses you were wearing. Neon light glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And confetti guns, like it's super fun. I, it's really cool what you do. So thanks for bringing that to the pack. Yeah. I appreciate it. I think uh leaders want to infuse that into their style. Like you can do that at any level. You can do that in small teams. You don't have to do it when you have a, a big platform. You can just do fun stuff with your own group. And if you have two or three direct reports, or if you're, you know, a peer leader within your group, find ways to infuse fun. Um, you know, work, work is work, but what are ways to make the work more enjoyable and fun? And, you know, recognition comes in a lot of different ways and different people appreciate different types of things. Some people hate to be shouted out in public. Some people really cherish that. Mm -hmm. Some people want, you know, just trinkets of things. There's a lot of different ways to recognize folks. Mm -hmm. So get creative with it. And I think this is something that anybody could do. You know, sometimes I think the things that people do really well are there, the things on their heart that they need most. Would you say you really thrive on recognition? I mean, I, I don't shy away from it. I feel like I'm pretty self-motivated, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm very goal oriented. I set goals for myself of what I want to accomplish. And then I feel good when I make them happen. Uh, I, I set goals on a daily basis, kind of monthly basis. And I've got three year, four year goals. Some of these are professional. A lot of these are just like family goals that I work on with my wife. And we sit down honestly, like once a year and kind of go through like, where do we want the Manglecomot family to be in five years? Um, you know, taking into account kids and finances and life experiences that we want to accomplish and stuff and just try to always look ahead and then execute on those goals, both family-wise and at work, you know, tactically to make sure that everything we're doing is aligned with the stuff that's most important. And that's one thing that I try and have uh, my leadership team do, and they do an awesome job at this, is set the goals of what you want for your customer with them and then make sure things you're working on are focused on that instead of just the noise of stuff that can come up time to time, there's, um, you know, opportunities that come up and you just have to decide, is this the right opportunity for me, for us to work on? Or is it one that, you know, the return on investment isn't where I want to get to. I feel like we could spend the whole podcast talking about that, like super <laughs> interesting, but as you get the fourth hot sauce, maybe torch bear sauces, mushroom mayhem, triple X hot with a, flamethrower on it. So I think we're, we're, uh -oh. up. we're turning things up a notch. I was thinking maybe this would be the perfect time to transition to talking a little bit about S2. Let's mm -hmm. do it. This one doesn't want to come out. 
we don't want to shortchange the people. Here we go. Got a good dab? <laughs> um, yeah, well, we kind of want to start off with a really basic, what is S2 Security Services? Um, just for potentially external listeners that aren't as familiar with the cybersecurity space and what we're doing, like just layman's terms, what is security services and what what's that team doing? Uh, first, I'll say this is now about a four and a half on the 10 scale. I would say the other ones were like a two or a three. Okay. I'm very careful. Yeah. This one, this has a little something extra in it. Um, <laughs> but what is, what is security services? Uh, it is the team that... Our mission is to delight and protect our customers, to make sure that they can sleep easy at night. Um, you know, I hear all the time that they sleep easier at night because of Arctic Wolf. We're the team that doesn't sleep at night so that they can. You know, we have the SOC, our security operations centers across the globe that are operating all times of day, all holidays, all weekends, all those things so that our customers can sleep well at night. Um, we have our concierge security teams that help them drive down the likelihood of you know a, a breach happening, an attack happening by you know offering our concierge focus and security journeys that are tailored to them and where they need to go. We have our incident response team that in you know the case that they have some sort of breach or compromise or ransomware attack, thing like that, they're there in a jiffy to help them fight through that that worst day in their career and get them back online. And then we also have our technical operations team, which are often the unsung heroes that are making sure that all the lights are blinking green on the customer side and things are configured and deployed correctly so that we can maximize the monitoring potential. In addition to that, we have a, a support team and training team that makes sure that we're delivering those promises to our customers in a consistent way at a very high level of quality. Um, so yeah, we really try to own the outcome for our customers to make sure that um, we're fulfilling our promises and make sure that we're monitoring their networks, helping them with their risk management, and then, you know, um, guiding them through user awareness training, which is often uh, a part that gets skipped, but is one of the most common ways that customers get compromised is through phishing and user behaviors. Well, something you said um, around, you know, S2, those are the pack members that don't get to sleep so that our customers can sleep. And um, that just made me think of kind of tying in what we were just talking about around the importance of recognition and making work a fun place to be, like how important that is, especially for PAC members who are working maybe more untraditional hours or 24-7 in instances, you know. Um, so again, I think it it just shows how important your leadership philosophy is in a kind of team like this. Yeah, I, I would say we're, we're a team of teams. I have a, I'm very fortunate, you know, I'm the one here talking today, but we have a, in a fantastic leadership team in the security services group across each of those components that I mentioned, um, they make sure that our team is taken care of. They get the right tools and training and templates that they need to try and make sure that their time is well spent for our customers. Um, yeah, I, I just have to really give a shout out to them because they're the ones who make all this happen. Uh, I, get, I get to sit back and watch how awesome they perform uh, most of the time and help set the vision to make sure we're continuing to stay ahead of where we need to be as this company continues to grow and scale and add new products and features. Um, but they're the ones who are really operating this on a daily basis. Well, you've already started to brag a little bit about your team. So we want you to brag a little bit more <laughs> about S2 and um, everything that 
that our cybersecurity professionals are doing. So do you have some fun stories that you could tell us? Maybe some recent wins? Don't forget oh. another another hot sauce level, though. Okay, okay, we'll do that first. Uh, this is called Taco Vibes Only. It is. Uh, it says extreme burn danger today on it. So, I mean, we don't taco vibes, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm vicariously nervous. It smells real. Poor you. A little tingle on the nose. Oh, that one came out a little quick. Wait. So we're on the fifth one of ten, right? Yes, we're halfway through. Okay, here we go. This tastes like taco sauce. Okay. Okay. But it but the burn might come later. I think it will. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> on the back of the tongue. Okay. Oh, no. Uh good win of recently. So we have a, a customer that has our managed detection response service, and they also have our um, user awareness training service. And we detected uh, a early stage compromise in the environment. Now my tongue is on fire. Uh, <laughs> early stage compromise in their environment. And we're able to go through and stop it through containment actions on our side. And then Now we're playing with fire. Uh, and then through our investigation on the user awareness side, we're able to see that the this all started with a user who actually failed their last two or three phishing exercises. Mm-hmm. And so we use that information to fuse together and help them figure out some tactical things they could do to make sure these attacks didn't happen again. And the customers was really grateful and, and impressed that we were able to tie together um, this earliest thing on the attack chain before even the initial phishing came in. Like, this is why this was the vulnerability. It was a human vulnerability, not just a system side one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of unique for us to be able, not unique that Arctic Wolf can do that. Uh, we do those things on a, on a regular basis. You okay? <laughs> you okay over there? Don't cut. Don't cut. Okay. <laughs> there probably is no typical day, but what is... Well, what would you say if you could kind of give us a typical day in the life of somebody in security services? Yeah, it really depends on which team you're on. The Our security operations team has a pretty unique schedule in how we do things. Um, a lot of times, if you're a traditional SOC analyst, you get tide-locked, I would say, until you get hired into the day shift or the evening shift or the night shift. And then you do kind of just jump around and do whatever you need to do. Um, but we're we, sh- we mix it up more. So we have a 10-week rotation that we use for our team to make sure that there's equity across everybody on kind of sharing the load. And then within a shift in the SOC, you may spend a couple of hours monitoring the boards of the alerts coming in, responding to that. Mm-hmm. You may shift and look at uh, customer inbound uh, ticket replies or ticket requests of things to do. And then you may work the phones a little bit. We find that this program keeps people fresh. On the concierge side, usually you come in and take a look at the customers you have to make sure everything's where it should be. If there's any requests that came in overnight that they need to action and prioritize those. Um, And then you spend the day working on proactive things for the customers, checking to see how can we make their security posture 2% better, 3% better uh, with whoever it is that we're talking to that day by finding 
just little things and tweaks they can do to make themselves a little bit more resilient. Incident response team is firefighting, doing forensics uh, all day for customers, talking to the executives on their side, talking to boards sometimes. Um, you know, we negotiate, um, we will work to help them drive down the ransom amount if we need to. We'll, you know, reverse engineer the malware, provide that into the threat research group so we can create new detections. Uh, yeah, you caught that. Across uh, all of our MDR customers as well. So there's a lot going on every day across the thousands and thousands of customers we have. It's it's pretty impressive to get to walk into the S2 area and just see this pretty finely tuned machine uh, just operating on our customer base to make sure they're, again, uh, protected and delighted. Yeah, it is amazing um, everything that the output that comes out of the team. And we you know we I love following our security wins internal Slack channel and just seeing the ways that we come through and save the day for our customers all the time. Before we move on from security services and maybe to give you a little pause before we do your next hot sauce in the leadership okay. section, I want to touch on, you said the word equity and it was in a different context. You're talking about like the, like the work people do, but it reminded me, I wanted to ask you about, um, I saw on LinkedIn that you're newly on the board for, I think, CyberUp. And I know from working with you personally here at Arctic Wolf, you are such an advocate for partnering. I know you've worked over the last couple of years with us to partner with women in cybersecurity, and we're sponsoring a bunch of conference passes to the upcoming conference. We did this last year too. I know like I actively see you working to um, invest in those partnerships and in the future of cybersecurity. Um, I just Googled this while you were sharing, but um, women in cybersecurity reports that women make up only 24% of the cybersecurity field. So, um, and I know you're doing a lot of work and have passion in that area. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Like, what do you see for the future yeah. of cybersecurity and how are you investing in what that future will look like? Yeah. So the reason that I do these community outreach opportunities is because if everybody has the same background and same way of thinking about things and same way they approach stuff, we're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. The strength comes from different perspectives and backgrounds and trainings and just life experiences, honestly, help out as well when we're in a role that's so customer facing, being able to relate to different people across the world. So I feel very strongly that we can't become too homogenous uh, across the team of how we, we approach things within Arctic Wolf. And then I feel this way strongly about all of industry society as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so with... Um, the Cyber Up uh, nonprofit, they're based out of St. Louis. They've been uh, around for a couple of years. And what they help do is a couple of different things. And their, their biggest thing is an apprenticeship program that help take people who don't come from technical backgrounds, think like a paralegal or something like that, or somebody from an underrepresented community that wants a chance to get into to cybersecurity because it's, it's a great career to be in. Um, helps them get the training that they need and then helps them with, with job placement. And so there's a focus on people transitioning careers, people from um, you know, less privileged communities, also veterans that are looking to transition. Mm -hmm. And part of my involvement there is to help continue with outreach to other organizations and raise awareness of you know, this, this program that I think is phenomenal, mm -hmm. um, you know, bringing it from St. Louis into other states like Colorado, perhaps mm -hmm. Texas, other things like that, because um, I just think cyber problems not going away yeah absolutely. Uh, even with the advances in artificial intelligence and automation like you still need smart people 
that can be involved in this and know how to action on those things. Mm -hmm. And so we have to continue to invest in the future workforce. Uh, I was really fortunate to have good mentors kind of coming up and coaches of things. I kind of talked about one of them who told me, you know, go out, go into cyber from, from traditional IT. Mm -hmm. um, so I try and pay it back uh, to, you know, other groups and communities. Yeah, which is amazing. And it's awesome to see you model that from your position in leadership. I will say Chelsea and I are fresh with data on careers in cyber because we spent time this week telling students in high schools about um, careers in cyber presenting a PAC Unity scholarship opportunity. But just to echo what you said, it's a great field to be in. We know it's mm -hmm. in the top 20 fastest growing careers in the nation and it's an opportunity for meaningful work and challenging, creative, working with great teams. So anyone listening interesting. I, also, I feed off the energy of of the folks that are just getting into it as well um i'm a pretty high energy guy but i, I feed off of those things as well and it, it makes me even more jazzed and excited to, to do things when you can see that light bulb moment with somebody uh, where they kind of start to get like the opportunity and like how to do these things um it's it's personally rewarding as well well if you're interested in transitioning careers maybe check out cyber up or WICYS, W-I-C-Y-S, Women in Cybersecurity is another great, there's tons of orgs, but those are two we'll, we'll recommend right now. For sure. That was great. We're gonna take a quick pause right now to hear a security win from one of our security services pack members. Hi, my name is Taylor. I am the account rep here at Arctic Wolf. I sit out of our headquarters in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And today I'm really excited to share this new partnership that we just started because this one for me is extremely full circle. I actually started at Arctic Wolf about two years ago and I started in our sales development uh, program. So that is where I was working with other account reps and AEs here at Arctic Wolf, doing all of the cold calling, all of the work to get introductory meetings set up for them. Well, at this time, this was about a year and a half ago, I actually called this customer and he shared with me that he was currently locked into a three-year contract with his incumbent. He was a bit familiar with Arctic Wolf, but wanted us to reach out in fall 2023 to have a conversation. Well, timing was just right. I actually had just stepped into my own selling role here at Arctic Wolf, actually covering that territory that I was covering as an SDR and reached out to the customer. He actually referred to him and I's original conversation and was interested in picking it up again. His renewal was coming up with the incumbent and he was wanting to explore what other options were out there. So very full circle. I think it goes back to if you get the no the first time, that doesn't always mean there's gonna be a no second, third time down the line and timing always has to be right. So hopped on the call with him. We learned that his incumbent, he was locked into a three-year contract with them and he actually used them three years ago when they experienced a massive breach. This breach caused them to be down for four months and the vertical that they are in, that was pretty drastic for them. There was a lot of pain that the customer was experiencing with them particularly um, coming off of a breach. They didn't have a lot of support from the incumbent. They weren't getting a lot of responses. There was a lack of communication. He wasn't able to get into a system, see what was really going on from a security perspective and he was extremely frustrated. So we had a long conversation with him, really absorbed what he was saying and we went through you know the arctic wolf services and he found so much value specifically with our concierge approach he absolutely loved that especially just coming off of a relationship where he wasn't getting any support he, he really wanted a team that he could lean on from a security perspective 
and he saw that with a partnership with Arctic Wolf. So small IT team, um, he didn't have anyone that was really focusing on security, so he liked the idea of our concierge security team being able to help them be a lot more proactive with their security as time goes on. And again, he just saw a ton of value and was really excited to move forward. The biggest hurdle that we had to overcome here is actually their incumbent owned their EDR licenses and he needed to look into purchasing not only a new MDR provider, but EDR licenses as well. And so this is when we got really creative and we leaned on our channel relationships and we worked with the partner who we were close with to say, hey, why don't we go ahead and work with this customer? Let's bundle together the Arctic Wolf services with the EDR licenses. And once we presented that to him and the president of the organization, they were absolutely blown away with what we were able to come to the table with. And I think us getting creative really showed that we were really passionate about signing them up as a customer. It really sucks when you, you talk to someone and they're feeling all different types of frustrations. Like all you wanna do is just your best and help them in every single way that you can. And this offer really showed that. So I actually just connected with the customer this week, checked in with him to see how onboarding had gone and how so far what it's been like his experience with Arctic Wolf and he said nothing but great things. He said that he was extremely happy. He was completely blown away with the level of service and support he got during the onboarding process. He said it was a very light white glove approach. His team just had so many great things to say and it made me feel great going back to our deployment and onboarding team and, and telling them the feedback we received. So this one was absolutely wonderful. I, I'm so excited to have them as a new Arctic Wolf customer. All right. Well, I hope you're jazzed and excited because it's time for the sixth, <laughs> the sixth hot sauce. Okay. Yeah. What do we have here? Brooklyn Deli ghost pepper hot sauce. Oh, just says don't eat this. So okay. here we go. Okay. And I will just say, Mark, we no judgment if at any point you want to back out, which I know <laughs> you won't. Yeah. But as hosts, we just need to give you the out. You know, just like um, a safety concern. <laughs> yeah. We only need our mandated reporters. We might need to say, Mark, with hmm. your best interest in mind. Hmm. Okay, he's eating it. it. Has a tangy tomato taste, like uh, like Indian food, like a curry. Okay. The heat is, I think, slow building. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get to our question then. We are going to we're going to transition to talk a little bit about leadership. I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit um, in our conversation, but how do you define leadership? Um, the way that I like to lead is help set clear expectations of what outcome needs to happen. Um, give whoever I'm giving this this assignment to um, the proper tools that they need so that they can succeed and then usually get out of the way and let them impress me with what they come up with and how they go about it and then be a resource to them to check in as a guide or a mentor on how to do it if they if they want that help and then um, I tell them as well I'm there to break down roadblocks so if you get stuck on something you know try to fight through it but if you you need help like I'm I'm your phone a friend when you need help on stuff and we'll work through it together. It's a really good saying that I heard from our CEO, Nick Schneider, that uh, has stuck with me. That's uh, you're not allowed to fail alone. Uh, you need to get 
other people, if something's not going well, like get more, more people rowing in the boat uh, to help out with whatever that challenge may be. And that's really stuck with me and I've tried to infuse that within the team too. Um, the challenges we work on here are not easy. If they're easy, they'd be solved. So if somebody needs help with uh, you know, solving a challenge for a customer or you know, um, triaging a particularly gnarly alert that comes in, like tap the person next to you in the sock and, and ask for help. So um, always make sure that we have a team mentality with the things that we do. I try hard um, you know, not to micromanage people. I don't think anybody really enjoys that. And all it does is just, yeah. So I, I, that's kind of my mentality is setting expectations, being there as a resource, and then, you know, as long as they continue to deliver on those outcomes as expected, like continue to uh, lead in that manner. And then when they succeed, heck yeah, let's celebrate. Yes, I love that. So many great gems. Getting out of the way. You're their phone a friend. I love the quote from Nick, you're not allowed to fail alone. That makes me think of Mary and I's leader, Trisha. Um, she always says, don't go into your head alone. So similar. Um <laughs> Would you say that a lot of your leadership philosophy early on was influenced based off your time in the military? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, and I mean, I, in high school, the activity I was in was junior ROTC and then in ROTC in college. So it's all basically leadership laboratory training of how to uh, organize, train, equip, motivate, influence uh, people. I think I, I had the opportunity to see lots of great leaders and some not so great leaders, um, but you can learn stuff from both, honestly. Mm -hmm. And those experiences are super valuable. Yeah. Um, I think one big adjustment I had leading the leaving the military into the civilian world was, I remember uh, when I left, I went to be a consultant and had a couple people that worked with me for me on a project. And I you know, was like, hey, can you go do this? And they're like, no. And that was new to me. I'd never had that before in the military. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not really in the vocabulary. The answer would have been, yes, sir. And then they would have just complained about it around the corner. And then they would have right. you know, done it or went to somebody else to figure out a way out of it. They wouldn't just tell you this. So that was a, a, a quick adjustment. I had to make it like, oh, I have to explain myself more, uh, you know, on the civilian side than on the military side. You didn't have to explain as much as you, you did. And I don't think that, I'm not trying to say that like it's a bad thing at all, but Mm -hmm. uh, it taught me about, you know, building understanding helps to achieve bigger goals. If you say like, this is what we need to achieve. And here's the reasons why this is an important challenge for us to tackle. Um, you not only get that person on board, but as they bring more people involved, they're able to get them on board as well. So that's mm -hmm. you know, just one thing I had to adjust to coming from the military, but yeah, I learned a, a lot out of there. I dealt with some, um, really challenging situations when you're thinking of, Mm -hmm. people having to deploy and um, the circumstances around that and, you know, the, the lifestyle there as you move every two or three years uh, to different places. It's just a, a very different kind of community um, that's unique. Yeah, it makes, I feel like a couple of things you said just really resonated or really embody, I think, well, our PAC culture, like when you talked about um, no one loses alone or is going to fail alone, I think it just, like Chelsea said, speaks so well to our pack mentality of being stronger together and that no one here is going to lose alone. No one is alone. We want to see each other win or see everybody win. Um, and what you were just talking about too, 
I, I would just add on, like, I kind of nailed it. If you look at your microphone there, it says stronger together. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, we're talking on this theme a lot today is, you know, that pack mentality, the teamwork mentality. Mm -hmm. um, cybersecurity is not a, not a place where a rock star can be successful long term because the, the breadth and depth that's required mm -hmm. is too much for one person to know everything about everything. Yeah. You got to have a teaming mentality. And I think that's part of the strength of Arctic Wolf. And honestly, our scale that we've reached is that we have, um, you know, a customer base that's pretty deep within various industries, banking, healthcare, you name it. We have lots of customers there. So we're able to mm -hmm. understand those trends uh, and then use that to make them all better. You know, high tide raises all ships. So right. one of the force multipliers for us is the scale that we've reached and being able to apply those learnings internally to ourselves and then, you know, give it to the benefit of the customers that we have. Spot on. I think we, I love that about Arctic Wolf that we want, we work so well together and that extends beyond us to our communities and our customers and our partners. I remember what I was thinking and it was transparency. When you talked about when you build understanding, it brings about greater understanding helps achieve greater goals together. And at Arctic Wolf, like we value transparency and there is great understanding across the pack of what we're here to do and why we're doing it and challenges that we're up against. And we even have a bonus plan, plan that ties to a lot of those challenges that together we can be solving them. And um, just when you're talking about the philosophy of building understanding and how you learned that earlier in your career, I, I think that is also something we see a lot throughout the pack. Uh, I agree. I'm really uh, grateful for the amount of transparency that we're, we're able to have here. The way that we can um, talk about where we're going internally and talk about the things that we want to build on and improve. I think it just helps with, with buy-in and again, make sure that we're all rowing in the right direction, the same direction. And it helps keep people from going rogue when they can understand what and why we're doing things. Yeah. I do think that's one of the strengths of our pack is that we really value that transparency um, yeah, as a core tenant. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so are you ready for the next one? Yeah. Uh, Kadejo. Uh-oh. I don't know. It looks angry. There we go. I got four oh, left. Wow. In the last three or... For those listening, this, is, this was a black bottle with like an angry looking, I don't even know, like deer know skull? I, I'm not quite sure. Uh, <laughs> So, oh, that's a lot, Mark. Well, I, don't want to, I don't want somebody accusing me of like, oh, Mark only did just a tiny bit, and so he's fine, right? But I don't know, I don't want to the day. up to the camera so we can really see what's going on here. It's, okay, I just don't want to strip on my laptop. This is oh wow! Okay, here we go. <laughs> Come mango to start. Okay. Okay. I feel like they always start okay, but it's how, mm -hmm. do, they, how do they finish? You're doing way better than I would be doing. I give you a lot of credit. I Same. would be crying at this point. I'm proud of me too. The one before this was hotter, at least to start. We'll see. I'm starting to get a little back of the tongue, back of the throat tingle. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, these are slow burns. Oh, man. All right. I don't know if I got the order exactly right too. So it's possible that I know I got the last three right for, you know, the levels of pain that they bring. I don't remember where this one was supposed to sit. Okay. I'm not getting too bad. 
have stuff in it. Yeah, habaneros and mango. I nailed it. There you go. Okay, wow. Okay, I like this one. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not paid sponsor by any means, but this one's good. <laughs> okay, Mark likes the Cadejo. I was going to say, speaking of mango and habanero, we have someone in S2 at Arctic Wolf, and I wish, Chelsea, I don't know if you remember his name, but he made a homemade salsa for Hispanic mm. Heritage Month. And when I tell you that nobody warned me that was level 11 on a 10-point scale, nobody warned me. So I was like, a chip, and I was like, I got to go. I'm not sure what's happening. Um, but you'll have to, we'll have to get, I know who it is. I can picture him. I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, so I know in San Antonio, Edgar made uh, a lot of hot sauces down here that were salsas that was fantastic. That's one of the things I like about this office particularly is we do a salsa competition each year. Uh, we do a chili cook-off. Uh, Texas chili does not have beans. I will fight I you. I love chili without beans. So it sounds like Texas chili is my brand of chili. It is. We had uh, 21 entries this year. 20 of them I would consider food. <laughs> the other one was just a crock pot of hate and regret. <laughs> It, Did it make it in the top three? Did it win? We had a we had a category for spiciest, um, and they they came to play, they and they the yeah, they dominated dominated that one. It was unanimous. Uh, it, so this wow. that was way worse than anything I've had here so far. I think it was literally just battery acid and like it primed you for this moment. It prepared you. That prepared yeah, you. Well, next time you're in Minnesota, Mark, we'll have to connect you with the S2 member that made it here in Minnesota. It was spicier than we thought, but it was everyone's favorite. And some people even wanted to buy bottles. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, it was good. It just, Mary was not prepared. She had not been warned of the spice level. It's cool to see like regionally how you have different competitions. Like our Utah office did uh, enormous uh uh, smoked meats day with briskets and ribs and stuff like yeah. that was fantastic mm -hmm. um yeah all, all the different places do different things which is fun it is really fun okay how many how many do you have left mark i got three left we're gonna go this one's three? this one's three left okay so we have this one's called the bomb and i know that the based bomb. on reputation we'll give it a good shake too make sure it's all okay while you prepare that one i have one last leadership question Okay. I'm just curious, when we had Dan Schiappa on the podcast, he was talking about how throughout his career, he had to learn when to be Yoda and when to be Darth Vader. Hmm. And you can create, you don't have to use Yoda and Darth Vader, but I'm just curious, knowing your personality, do you ever struggle with when to be a little bit more direct versus when to be more silly versus, you know, all of those types of things? Good question. We're going to bring the pain and then I'll bring the answer. Okay. Oh, immediate facial reaction for those listening. Er it was a positive one. It wasn't like, oh, his oh, eyes really Not a slow burn. Uh, oh, an immediate burn. Okay. <laughs> Do we need to call in for milk? Is the iced tea? Yeah. Should we 911 Cheryl to get you some milk? No, no. I'll make it through it. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, I'm going to say that was a tough question, not tough hot sauce, but <laughs> okay. uh, when to be Yoda, when to be Darth Vader, I think that's the core of being a good leader is knowing when to flex based on the situation that you're in. Uh, younger or earlier in my career, I was 
whew, more quick to be Darth Vader. Uh, I've learned over time that you need to reserve that. You need to praise in public and criticize in private is, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is really hot. Uh, so, yeah, you sometimes you still got to bring out a little bit of the Darth Vader to, to maybe uh, rile up something to shake something loose if you need to, but it should not be your go-to. It should be like you only have so many of those cards to play before you're out and you become tone, tone deaf. Mm-hmm. You have to be real selective of when to use that. And I think the savvier you are as a leader, the less you have to play it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, Mark, you're doing great. Yeah. I just, I'm an emotional guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> Tearing up over there. Yep. Okay, so Mark, something we've been asking all of our leaders as they've come on the podcast is to tell us a little bit about well-being and how you prioritize it, mental, emotional, relational for yourself and also for your team. What does that look like? I feel like I'm not living it right now. <laughs> I have prioritized everybody else's well-being over my own at this moment. And I, I regret that <laughs> a lot. No, uh, you know, I get asked a lot about work-life balance and I think you got to look at it as a continuum and something that's a long-term thing. Um, and it may not be a daily thing. And by that, I mean, you may have a week or two where you're working really hard to get something done. Um, when that's done, you need to build in some downtime and you need to defend it. And so, I mean, I, I try and always have uh, the next break that I'm going to take from work on, on the books. You know, by the time that I finish some sort of uh, PTO, I always schedule the next one, whatever out that's going to be. It helps give me something to look forward to for when it comes to taking breaks. Also, it's important to have healthy outlets, not hot sauce, um, to relieve stress. Uh, I try to exercise almost every morning. During COVID, I built a, like a CrossFit gym in my garage and do that before I come into the office. And then, um, you know, when, uh, when I get home, I put everything away until the kids go to bed. And then I'll come double check on stuff. Like I try to prioritize when I'm with the family, I'm present. Go to my kids' karate practices, play with them, have dinner with them, do their bedtime, and then I'll check in on what's going on. Uh, so it's work-life balance is, is something you have to work at. You have to work at work-life balance. It's not something that's given. It's something that you have to prioritize. Uh, any job, if you don't prioritize it, work will just consume you because mm-hmm. you have to tell work when it's time that you need to take a break. And again, it ebbs and flows. You may have really busy periods, and then you know you need to build in a little pit stop. Well, that was great. And we we only have our rapid fire left. So well, the next is- do, I'll tell you what it is real quick. Angry Goat Pepper Company Dreams of Calypso Private Reserve Super Hot Caribbean Style Hot Sauce. I bet I won't even be able to taste it. Because oh, where I'm yeah. at, my tongue is just destroyed. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> While you're prepping that, Mark, I was going to say, it sounds like one of your priorities is your family based on... Even just at the beginning, you were talking about how you all set goals at the beginning of the year and how you're so intentional to like spend time with them after work and be all there. Mm-hmm. What else makes the list of priorities in your world? Uh, yeah, priorities, definitely family. Uh, actually, I get a lot of joy out of the work that I do as well. So that's something that helps drive me is, is, is work too. And it's because, again, we have an inspiring mission. If it wasn't something that was contributing to the good of society. That wouldn't be a motivator. 
Uh, I like to travel a lot, so that's what I. I, I yeah, traveled uh, a lot with this job, previous jobs. I like to see the world. I'd rather spend my nickels and dimes on experiences and memories than on trinkets. Uh, that's just me. I like to play guitar. I'm not that good, but I, I can play you know any grunge or punk song and um, starting to learn a little bit more metal. Mark, I hope you know that now that we know this, when Chelsea and I come to visit the San Antonio office, we are for sure planning a cafe happy hour and you will be on the mm-hmm. You will, or you will have me on the entertainment list, I feel like. Oh, I'm not that good. I, I said that first. Uh, <laughs> I also, I can do karaoke poorly. Okay. And my thought is if you can't sing well, sing loud. Okay. So that's that's what I do. Yeah, no one, the, everyone should sing karaoke poorly. No one wants to hear a good singer. Yeah, it ruins the vibe. Yeah, it ruins the vibe. <laughs> um, wait, Mark, what's, the, what's your favorite place you've ever been from all your travels? Oh, um, best trip I took was with uh, the full family two years ago to Scotland. We did a, like a 10, 12 day road trip around the whole, whole part of it. And that was fantastic to connect as a family and just spend time together and, uh, you know, saw, I have two boys, they're eight and 11 now, but they love seeing castles and the museums and the armor and stuff like that. I like getting to visit the distilleries. Do you have any Scottish ancestry? No, just was able to, it's just something we'd prioritize. It was a place we wanted to go to. And so that's where we went. All right. Well, we just have the rapid fire left. Do you want me to do the last one or do you want to? I'll leave it up to you. If you want to do the last run and do the rapid fire, or you can do the last one at the end. Let's, let's get well, the you, well, you did, we were talking, so we didn't get to hear the debrief of number nine. I couldn't really taste it. It just burned. And it had a little bit of a, like, it's a Caribbean flavor, so I would say maybe like a jerk to it or something. Mm, okay. Mango, pineapple. I couldn't taste any of that. I couldn't taste it. All right. This is okay. the pain. So rapid fire once I take the bite. The last dab. It's the last oh. thing that you do. The last dab. And are yeah. we doing just a dab? Oh, oh. <laughs> that was a little more than a dab. <laughs> That's okay. I just tap it a little bit. It's still. Okay. Yeah. 3D view. All right, here we go. Here we go. Last hot sauce. Last questions. Mark. Yeah, he looks like he's in pain. <laughs> Best concert of your life. Mm. Uh, I'll answer this two parts. I'm going to cheat. I've seen the Foo Fighters three times. They're my favorite band. Uh, but the best concert I've seen was actually German metal band called Rammstein. And it's just uh-huh. like you leave with no eyebrows because it's just fire everywhere. The scale of the show was, um, and they sell out like football stadiums when they come to the U.S., which isn't often. Wow. The the stage presence, the production value is better than going to Taylor Swift. Um, That is a bold statement, Mark. You can go check it out on YouTube. It's it's just. We would like the record to reflect that to all Swifties, that is not an opinion of the podcast. That is an opinion of Mark. I got nothing with Taylor Swift. I've, I've seen, seen the video of the Arrows concert. Like that's a fantastic show as well. But go check, go check out a Ramstein. You can compare and contrast. Very different experience, but the production value is okay. Equitable. And have Swifties after us. Okay, favorite word. Uh, grit. 
Oh, I love it. Because it's a word you can unpack to mean determination, stick to get things done. So, yeah, grit. Also, that's what I'm tasting right now. It's just grit. <laughs> a place on your bucket list? Um, oh, I got a lot of them. Uh, the moon. Wow. So you would go if given the opportunity. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my gosh. It needs to be a round trip, just to be clear. But yeah, I'd love to go to the moon. Are you actively pursuing this dream right now? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's something that people often get wrong about you? Oh, I don't know. I'm pretty transparent as a person. So um, I don't know. I'm not, I guess I'm not self-aware enough to even identify that. Uh <laughs> They say my name wrong all the time. Your last name? Yeah. What do they say? Oh, anything you want. It's Manglukmat is how you say it, but people say it a majillion different ways. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever heard anyone at Arctic Wolf say it that way. <laughs> no, I don't care. I'll answer to whatever. Okay. Manglukmat. That's it? Yep. Okay. Yep. Oh, no. You're crying. Are you sad no one gets your name right? Is that why we're crying? Yeah. Oh, don't <laughs> Okay, last one. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that has brought you joy. Um, yeah, sitting, <clears throat> drinking this tea is going to give me a lot of joy. <laughs> I was like, not this moment. I would not guess. this moment, but the moment after. Uh, yeah, I love in the spring, summer, and fall uh, after work to go sit in my backyard deck and uh, heat up my egg and cook some meat and watch my kids play in the pool and go roughhouse with them. Like that, that's mm -hmm. bliss for me. That sounds like bliss. It really does. Okay. You survived. How, how are you feeling? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling lots of things. Okay. Well, I didn't know you could have hot sauce at like, percolates into your hands and fingers but like I can feel the heat everywhere wow so the last one was definitely like uh, I don't know by the time I had number eight scorched mm -hmm. everything and this this was bad too but yeah the step up from from the bomb is just bad time bad time in a jar I'm like going to be curious to like ask Cheryl how you look the rest of the day. Maybe you'll have tiger blood. Like you'll just be going for I, it or the opposite of that. I made sure I didn't have any uh, other customer facing calls after this. So they <laughs> questioned who I was as a human. Yeah, good. So, yeah. You need some time to recuperate. Well, I'm impressed. And this should be the standard now, right? So whoever you have next. This oh, should be the standard now. We have Kristen. Our oh, good. People Kristen, out there. I challenge me to do the same thing I just did. <laughs> okay. We'll let Kristen know that you've officially challenged her. Well, this was so much fun. Thanks for answering the questions authentically, but bringing your, your fun Mark stamp on, on the podcast. Thanks for letting me have lunch. Goodness. Yes, Mark, this was great. Thanks for sharing about security services, your leadership philosophy, thoughts on wellness, just some of your story. And of course, modeling super creative, thoughtful, fun leadership. This was a treat. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it, guys.
Yes. Hope that you're the rest of your day is okay. What's like a Texas farewell? Yeah. Bye y'all. Bye y'all. Goodbye y'all. Wow. I was just not expecting that at all. I wasn't either, but in hindsight, we should have expected that. For sure. For sure. The form. Like, of course, Mark would show up with hot one. <laughs> Literally. And I am shooketh, as they say. I'm so surprised that they just had all those hot sauces in their fridge in the Texas office. Like, he didn't even have to go purchase those. They were just readily available. Right. Listener, we learned that after we ended our time with Mark, we were still chatting. We asked him, how did you have time to get those? Because we just, we scheduled this pretty last minute. And he was like, oh, they're already in the fridge. <laughs> at the office, the Archibald San Antonio office. Wow. But such a fun way to have a conversation. But like we talked about at the end, like he still answered so eloquently. He was authentic, transparent. Um, so I still think you get a really good look and insight into who Mark is and his journey and his appreciation for his team, like the larger S2 team. Mm -hmm. Um, So really excited for everyone to listen to this one. But we have a lot of fun things coming up. If you are already part of the pack in February, it is Black History Month. Um, March is Women's History Month. So Both our Black Employee Alliance and our Women Transforming Tech Alliances are hard at work um, scheduling a lot of really fun learning opportunities, but also just fun connection events like Headshot and Happy Hour and things like that. So be on the lookout in the PAC Unity Slack channel uh, for more information there. We also have coming up our Well Wolf Spring Wellness Challenge. Um, So really excited. That'll be mid-February to mid-March. More information about the challenge will be shared in the Well Wolves Slack channel. Um, But the challenge is really going to be focused on all five buckets of the Well Wolf Pyramid. If you've seen that, well, hopefully you've seen that Well Wolf Pyramid, um, but it'll encompass emotional health, physical, mental, financial, professional. So a lot of different ways that you can tap in um, and focus on your whole well-being during the winter, which for those of us who live in colder places is sometimes a a challenging time. So looking forward to that. And I think that is all for the next couple months, but always be on the lookout in the Howler newsletter. So you get that monthly to your straight to your email inbox. And then we also have the Howler Slack channel um, to stay in the know as well. Yeah. I am so looking forward to the next couple of months. I feel like this will be our third year participating in all of those items and they get better every year and more PAC members involved and just kudos to you, Chelsea, for your leadership and partnership with our different alliances and bringing their dreams to life. um, Those of you that aren't part of the PAC, we typically will share employee spotlights on our LinkedIn. So tune in there if you want to follow in on any of the fun and hear about some of the incredible people that make up the PAC. But that said, you are listening to this during February, which is Black History Month. So I encourage you to celebrate all of your BIPOC colleagues and leaders in the industry and look for ways to amplify their voices and continue to um, just invest in a better world for all. So thanks for listening today. Uh, If you're not part of the pack and want to join us on our mission to end cyber risk, if you weren't excited about that mission before this podcast hopefully you are now it's just fun hearing 
um, our mission through Mark's eyes and, and the countries and the people and the different organizations that we protect. Um, but you can check out our open positions at articwolf.com backslash careers. We'll talk to you in March. We're bringing to you our chief people officer, Kristen Dean. So yes. Thanks everyone. See you next time. Bye.